All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us. Another episode of Catching Up with Jacob. And Jacob is here, sort of. He is here in a unique way. He wanted to send this message out to you guys, and we're going to play it for you right now. Blessings in Jesus, dear friends. I'm coming to you from New York City, trying to recover from surgery and on my way back to Great Britain. Uh, once again, thank everyone for their prayers, please. You've all been very, very, very kind. The letters and gestures of support and good wishes we've received have been absolutely tremendous. I'm not out of the, out of the forest yet, but I can at least see a clearing ahead. But I do need prayer. I'm not doing very well physically, frankly. But the Lord is gracious and he's brought me this far. And I have no doubt see that there are better days ahead for his glory and kingdom service. In the meantime, it has been a year since the invasion of the Ukraine by Mr. Putin. There are two schools of thought. I have persistently sided with those who said that Mr. Putin is a neo-Stalinist that he lives in the shadow of the Cold War and resents Russia, the Soviet Union, having lost it. He's extended his tentacles into Georgia, into Belarus, into uh, Sevastopol in southern uh, Ukraine, Crimea. Uh, he murdered Levenko in, in London. He is definitely an expansionist. Uh, in this, the West is right. But that is not to say that some of the things that he has said do have some merit. The West was not supposed to expand NATO any further towards the East, but it has. But this is partly in response to the aggression of Mr. Putin. Certainly the Baltic states, Latvia and uh, Lithuania and Estonia, they're just plagued with fear as are the Poles. Additionally, we now see him beginning to saber-rattle towards Moldova. He's a bad man and a dangerous man. The question is, what is the best way to stop him? Now, this invasion has blown up in his face in a number of ways. Although day-to-day -day life continues in Russia, pretty much the same as it always has, they are beginning to get bit now by inflation and by the numbers of people that have left. Also, Russia has been running on reserves. It has been forced to, to uh, underprice its oil and natural gas exports to India and China to remain solvent. It cannot do this indefinitely. Sooner or later, there is going to be more significant disruptions to the Russian economy. He <clears throat> does have an incentive to negotiate. Additionally, his aggression has virtually brought Finland and Sweden into NATO, which will create another 740 miles of border with a NATO country with Russia. That may in part be his motive for wanting to threaten Moldova, Romania, and so forth. Be that as it may, we've said from the beginning, the best is to negotiate. What Donald Trump warned of an axis of power between Iran, China, and Russia is already taking place. What are the motives of the West? Um, again, what Putin said as his justification, uh, talking about the moral decadence in the West and the homosexuality, 
we don't argue with what he's saying. But who is Russia to talk about morality when it's targeting civilians, when it's killing children, and no compulsion about about doing it? Uh, I know that some of the most disgusting pornography on the Internet is produced in Russia and comes out of Russia. I think he's just playing that card politically, even though what he's saying is true. Another factor is BRICS, the fear of a, another currency or a basket of currencies that would threaten the place of the dollar. India is playing both sides. It is at odds with China. They're not going to attack China, and they're not going to attack Brazil, obviously, nor South Africa. Russia is the most vulnerable. Uh, the Russian economy must be torpedoed. And in order to torpedo the Russian economy, you have to have a way to do it. And Putin's aggression and a military response to it is the answer. It is also true that there are neo-Nazi elements or extreme fascist <coughs> nationalist elements in the Ukraine. But with the Jewish president, obviously Putin has overstated this. He is legitimately a bad man. But a proxy war with NATO, and that's what we have now, a proxy war with NATO, where NATO is simply using the Ukraine and Iran and China are in league with Russia now, fighting NATO. This is not the way to curb Mr. Uh, Putin's aggression. Donald Trump warned of this. And had Donald Trump been reelected, this would not be happening. Now, again, I voted for Donald Trump twice. I shall not be voting for him again under any circumstances because of his hosting of the uh, homosexual gala in Mar-a-Lago. I just won't. I do not think any Christian should. Uh, I would hope that Larry Elder and Governor DeSantis would form a ticket as an alternative to Donald Trump. Additionally, Donald Trump bears a major portion of the responsibility with the electoral disaster, with an unpopular president like Biden, it's inexcusable that more seats were not won in the House and that the Republicans did not retake the Senate. Now, I know that Donald Trump does not bear entire responsibility. Mitch McConnell and the Republican National Committee are co-equally guilty. But as we've said repeatedly, Donald Trump bears much of the responsibility. The disaster with Fetterman in Pennsylvania is the fault of Donald Trump. He has backed a number of candidates who were likable people, Herschel Walker among others, but did not have a chance of winning. He has been a very, very poor party leader in the midterm in his post-presidential capacity as party leader. I don't think he's the man. But had he been elected or re-elected, China would not be threatening Taiwan. North Korea would not be firing missiles at the Sea of Japan again, and neither would the invasion have happened. Peace comes only through strength. Biden sent the wrong signal when he withdrew from Afghanistan unilaterally, leaving 13 Americans to be killed and putting God knows how many billions, some say up to $80 billion worth of arms in the hands of radical Muslims. That was the signal to China. That was the signal to Russia, and it's the result of a weak, senile, corruptocrat in the White House. 
a man who has been involved with the Ukrainian government and its corruption via his son and profiteering on it. Uh, the whole thing is a big mess. The best way forward is to negotiate. Putin is vulnerable to the consequences of what he's done economically. And he has an incentive to negotiate. But with a weak and a corrupt administration in Washington, that does not seem to be on the table. As Jesus said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. These are the things that are presently pending. All we can do is pray. Now, let me make it clear. I do not like, trust, or respect Mr. Zelensky. He is simply a lesser of two evils. But I do have compassion for the people of the Ukraine and what's being done to them. And I do believe that Mr. Putin is an aggressive villain. But there are better ways to stop him. And there are better ways to stop him. That is my considered opinion. Thank you so very much once again for your prayers and goodwill. I'm going to turn this over to Brother Marco and to James and to David Lister at the moment. God bless. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Absolutely spot on. And we're going to welcome, well, Jacob was just here. He is uh, not doing so well physically right now, not feeling well, but um, may the Lord uh, be with him and strengthen him as he goes back to the UK. But he is feeling a lot better than he was when he had the surgery, but is a, it's a little longer recovery. So uh, we pray that he will recover soon. And he uh, is so committed to coming and catching up, but he just couldn't do it today. Uh, but we have David Lister. David, how are you today? I think David's muted. David is muted at yeah. the moment. Well, we'll switch over I to... I am glad to be here, and I'm now unmuted. <laughs> Welcome, David. How is the South treating you today? Uh, it's pretty nice today. It's like 60, but yesterday was 85, so I was enjoying it. I'm sure you guys have liquid sunshine out there in um, California. Well, you can send it in a bottle. We kind of need it right now, but uh, we're enjoying the rain. It's very cold. It's snowing. It's close to my house. It's been hailing. So uh, up to the church has been snowing. And uh, so uh, I can't complain. The Lord is good, but it is colder. It is. Uh, I actually looked it up and it is true. Even um, even Ohio is actually warmer than California this week. So uh, it is. Well, they say it never rains in California. I guess that's a lie. No, January, February has been very wet. So uh, welcome the rain, the cold. It's cold. I'm wearing a sweater even in my house. Uh, but a guy who knows what I'm talking about because he lives on this side of the of the coast, too, is Jay. How are you, Jay? Getting wet? I'm, I'm good, and I am enjoying listening to the rain outside. And it is 49 degrees in North Hollywood, Ooh. and uh, I can hear accidents all over. Just oh, people no. skidding up. Yeah. Unfortunately... You know, yeah. Californians cannot drive in the rain. Well, a friend of mine used to work for State Farm Insurance, and he used to say, well, when it rains, it's when we make money. Yeah. And uh, that is that is true. And uh, so it doesn't rain much here, but uh, welcome, Jay. Glad to be, glad for you to be here. And uh, we want to welcome you. Welcome you watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on Telegram, on Rumble, and of course, Morial.tv, and on Vimeo. And if I miss one, forgive me. Uh, I think I got them all. I mentioned Telegram and Facebook. Rumble. Yeah. So, oh, Facebook. That's right. So, welcome all those who are watching. And uh, 
Later on, we're going to go to backstage. We're going to take questions on backstage today. So a little bit different. And uh, we're going to be taking questions on Rumble, but we're going to be asking David and Jay on backstage. So normally we ask them ahead of time, but we're going to take it to backstage because we've been getting a lot of great questions. And, you know, our tech overlords don't like to ask those questions for us to ask those questions. You know, how dare you ask those things? And we're going to take them to backstage where we can ask them and we can uh, and we can answer them. And uh, we got two pretty good guys here that can answer that. So blessings and welcome. And uh, uh, go to Morial.tv. Keeps growing. Morial.org keeps growing. Rumble keeps growing. A lot of these platforms keep growing. Of course, YouTube has always been uh, our, our our biggest viewership comes from YouTube. Uh, but, you know, if you're tired of the censorship there, you don't like what they're doing, uh, come over to Morial.tv. Come over to Rumble. Come over to those platforms in where, which Jacob is on. And he's also on podcast. You can find the podcast. Uh, well, you can go to the podcast schedule. You can find it at memorial.org. You can find it on the YouTube channel under uh, About Ministries. And you can get yourself into a podcast schedule that you will love. And they've got people like Sandy Simpson, got people like Jacob, got people like myself. And uh, and these episodes are also put on those podcasts. So if you missed it or you want to just listen to them on the way, driving and things like that, you're more than welcome to uh download them and take them away so podcasts videos absolutely fantastic now we're going to get started on catching One up David, thing, got Marco, if i could we have yeah. uh something on moriel.org called find moriel yes and you can go there if you can't find the links don't know where they are the links are there under find moriel that's so, right that's right moriel.org find moriel You'll find us. It's there. Tons of stuff, tons of material and more materials coming on and more podcasts coming on uh, pretty soon. So with all that said, I think we got everything in. Let's get started catching up. Look, I was going to say we're all here together for the first time in a while since Jacob's been in surgery, but uh, Jacob couldn't make it today. But we're here and I'm back. I was off last week. But since the last time I was here. Uh, did we get invaded by UFOs? Is that what happened? I have no idea. These things are getting crazy now. The White House says, well, they were UFOs, but they weren't Chinese, as if like the only UFOs that exist are Chinese. Uh, question remain, why did they shoot all these uh, balloons down $400,000 a pop for these missiles? It, it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, it, it's I guess it begs a question, right? Have there's always been like UFOs or whatever they call them now? Uh, flying around the U.S. and other countries? And the answer is yes. There's a lot of identify aircrafts, call them drones, call them new technology that's been flying around China, the U.S. But it is interesting. People were really freaked out on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and I think the media played into it, that there was some kind of UFO invasion. And it almost reminded me of War of the Worlds, you know, when that that was played and, and back in the 30s. And and people thought that really there was an invasion going on, maybe not to that degree. But, but it is really weird, David, that, um, you know, people are actually because the media is saying and the White House is pumping them up, propping them up that, uh, you know, perhaps maybe to distract them that, hey, UFOs are here. And it's it just to me, it's just crazy when 50 years ago, the government would actually call you a lunatic if you actually said there were UFOs. Now you are a lunatic if you say they don't exist. Well, having lived around military bases most of my life. In my early life, my teen, up until my mid-teens, we always saw all sorts of aircraft and everything. And um, and I, my dad knew a lot of military pilots, and they would talk some. My dad was 
did secret um, missiles and things like that that he couldn't talk about then, but eventually did. So he said uh, there is a lot of things the government does with experimental aircraft, things like this. And so they've always been around as far as military doing things. They're always trying to push the push the boundaries of space aircraft, mainly for spying, for technological advantages for warfare. Uh, back when America had its um, strength, uh, peace through strength motto as their, uh, as our teaching and as a belief, we would invest so much in experimental aircrafts, you know, and for spying, which, uh, so that's that I believe, but I also believe that I've seen 50 years ago, UFOs. And I saw, I saw the, you know, I can't explain them, uh, but I, I believed and do to this day believe that they're demons, angels of light. And they can do certain things. And um, Bill Elnor wrote a book on it. I agreed with his book on UFOs that it's demonic. And they can appear like that. And because it is a deception, if you start believing there's other life out there somewhere else, and then you don't have to believe in a God, that it's all just evolution and some aliens from one planet shot a missile into our primordial ooze and, and voila, we there we are. Up. Yeah. Yeah, Richard Dawkins actually kind of believes the same kind of theory because he can't really deal with the facts that uh, in in his own philosophical atheism, you know, that God can exist, even though uh, the the facts point to that. But it is is really interesting. Uh, I wanted to start off with. It's called directed spam permia in case anybody wants to look it up. Yeah, I wanted to begin with what Jacob brought up was one year into the Ukraine war. And it's true. We were here on the last week of February, and we're talking about, you know, it started, it started, and and we don't know how long this is going to take, but it just reminded me so much of the Syrian war and invasion in the Obama years and Clinton, that this is going to go on for a while. Now, we just hit the first year, tremendous casualties, horrible things happen in Ukraine, horrible things happening to the people in the east of Ukraine, Donetsk and uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, and of course, the Russians that live in that border town, many things happen to Crimea, uh, many people have been, you know, moved out of their home. They're exiled the country. But, you know, Jay and David, the world superpowers, we're talking China, Russia, the United States, the EU, uh, UK, they have thrown their cards on the table. And I believe this week they, they, they've come up all in favor that a war is necessary. Uh, Biden visits Ukraine. He doesn't visit Ohio. And he takes a half a billion dollars with them from taxpayer money and just gives a literally almost like a blank check to Zelensky because there's more to come. And he turns up in Ukraine in a, instead of instead of Ohio. And this got a lot of people talking about this. Uh, this war, I believe, has been prepared for a long time, and we're seeing the, the climax of it. So I wanted to turn it over to you guys. Uh, uh, Jay, you can start off with it and go to David after that. Um, it didn't start in February 24, uh, 2022, 
as the NATO head of NATO said, but it started way back in 2014. Actually, actually, one of the first things that he actually says is true. I agree with him. It did start back then. Uh, but fast forward now from 2014 to now, nine years later, we're here and it's a mess and it's just starting. So, uh, uh, Jay, what's your take on this? A year into it officially, but nine years since they began the provocation and NATO moving into the in, into Russia's uh, uh, sphere of influence and Russia now fighting back from the Obama years. Now Biden is here to ice the cake. What do you think? I'm just wondering, um, how can this remain a conventional war? We want it to obviously remain a conventional war. Uh, the, you know, the alternative is just really uh, undescribable. And between the three superpowers, you know, China, Russia, United States, and NATO, I'm not sure how that remains. There's going to be a, a moment of, you know, if you back Putin or China in a corner, I cannot see how they're not going to take it to the next level. Yeah. And if that's the case, this war is not worth it. Yeah. This, this war is not worth it. If if a single nuclear weapon is used, this war is already cost too much. Mm. I, I believe is until the last Ukrainian. I believe it's until the last Ukrainian, meaning that Ukraine is systematically being destroyed. That's my personal opinion of it. People may differ um, because it, Ukraine is definitely being used by the West to in, incinerate that part of the world in order to control it. Do I think it's about gas? Yeah. Do I think it's about oil and resources? Yeah. The Qatar Turkey pipeline? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Uh, but it's more than that. And I think this is where, you know, we have to look at scripture and we have to see how God is ordaining this world in terms of the orchestrating it to come to not only a major war, but these countries are going to be put into a scenario where they have to, uh, they're going to have to go into this war and some of them are going to be severely destroyed, severely hampered. Uh, David, what do you think? I mean, we're looking at some biblical scenarios here. I mean, we haven't had anything like this since the 60s in terms of, you know, Putin cancels that the, the, the Star War Treaty, which was the last really nuclear treaty between the U.S. and Russia. And since the 60s, we've been wondering, OK, since the what is it, 63, I think it was 62, 63, the pay of pig scenario. Um, really haven't thought about it. Yeah, we haven't really thought about anything like this. A whole generation that doesn't remember, you know, having to, you know, go into the school and go into the uh, under the the the, the school seats and 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 under the tables and under your desk just to kind of go through that uh, scenario. Um, I think you did those things, right? When I you saw were those uh, films to do the right thing if the atomic bomb explodes. Duck and cover. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah. We people haven't thought about it. It's it's almost unthinkable to any well-meaning human being to think of a limited, even a limited nuclear war. You yeah. know, is it survivable when there's enough nuclear weapons to destroy everybody on the face of the earth? multiple multiple times over mm. and so but it's you know but everybody's trying to jockey for a position where 
the other guy can die and we can survive it, you know? And so that's what they're looking for. But, uh, was that, that mad scenario? Mad? Yeah, it's called mutual assured destruction, but everybody's looking for a way out of that. But the thing is, is the Bible says that fear and anxiety will be among the nations and there will be no way out. And this is, and this is where it seems like we're going and that, that, just you know russia they're gonna do this china's gonna do this and like jacob said if trump was in probably we wouldn't have these but it wouldn't be long to the next administration if it was democrat would get us into this mess you know that's right when i heard about uh biden i'm just gonna be sarcastical uh taking money over you know i'm wondering if he was picking up some of the hidden papers and everything for Ooh. his crime family you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> just asking the question right we're only yeah just the asking question. the question not making an accusation i'm asking the question could that be but uh but it's it's you know I'm an old man. I, I think, you know, I'm closer to the end of the beginning, but I, my fear is for younger people mm. finding that uh, they're, they're stressed, their suicides are up among mm. young people. And, and it's just seems like these people that lead us, like even Bill Gates, he wants to kill people through depopulation, pays for mm. abortions all over the world. And yes. now that things are getting close to maybe some terrible, terrible start to a war, he wants to, and and we know there's going to be disease happening, as Jesus said, um, will come in the in the seals judgment, but they'll have the who there to lock everybody down and make sure they do what uh, what they're told to do, or they won't be. They'll limit their movements. They'll limit their ability to live. You know, for some of the theories I hear being circulated are mass suicides by the elderly. If they get yeah. us out of the way, you know, watch out. And it opens watch the out. door. And, you know, why I say that is like a lot of the next generation, they were never taught to critically think. Generation X and those behind it. I'm not saying every one of them, but there's so many that. If they don't like what you say, they go directly to feelings, even if they're wrong, and they double down on feelings because they're so intense, and they can't argue facts, can't argue this. And so since they run on their feelings, when you have all this fear and all this anxiety, it just gives you no hope. Mm. You have no real hope. And, and as Christians, we have real hope. And That's we right. know this is not the end. Yeah, we, it, it's a whole society of nihilism, especially the younger society. Yes. They've rejected all, all religious ideas. And I'm talking about religion and I'm talking about in terms of God, in terms of scripture, in terms of the morality of scripture and, and what God commands. They rejected that. So they're incredibly skeptic. They're incredibly cynical of anything to do with God or anything to do with Christ. And therefore, they become more and more depressed because man is not man doesn't live in a vacuum. It'll it'll has to go so towards something, and and the, and the things that they're going toward is destructive. And so, a whole generation, call it Generation Z, I think that's the latest one that we can think of. I think there's a Generation Alpha that comes after that. But in speaking of millennials and, and Generation Z, 
they really are godless. And, and I mean godless in the sense of like they don't have any concept, ideas, or desire of any sort, unlike previous generations, to know God, to talk about God, and, and, to, and to see these things looming in the horizon. And obviously, some people have tuned out, dropped out. They don't care. They just live in their lives. Uh, but but here is the president of the United States who is gibbering nonsense in, 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 in Poland while nukes are about to go off in Russia, at least the threat of it. And 19 percent, I'll give you this, 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 this poll, 19 percent of Americans, just under 20, believe and confident and have confidence that uh, the president will be able to handle this conflict. Um, I can't imagine if it was that low when when Nixon was in Vietnam or when Johnson was the president was that low. But it's got to be one of the lowest in terms of president going into a war and funding the war infinitum, meaning that we just keep writing checks. We just keep writing checks. Um, David, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's American people lost confidence in this almost a nihilistic society, meaning who cares? Let's just move on with life. Yeah, because there's there's they don't see if you look around because people that don't live by faith look around at the society. We see drugs. We see crime. We see everything collapsing. I mean, Jacob did a sermon uh, 10 or 15 years ago, all that can be shaken and everything he said is being shaken. All the foundations of, of which America has that has made it good and strong are being shaken and torn about the the education system is collapsing the crime uh the the, the ability of police to hold back crime the, the the lack of self-control by people you know the lack of self of common sense everything that is anything is now being shaken and so hmm. young people don't have a faith in god so they they don't have a faith in anything. So yeah. why not uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die? That's very true. Jay, do you think that's uh, among younger people? And, and we're around the same age, but, you know, you've been you've been teaching and ministry out there sharing. Do you see that nihilism? You see that, you know, people are just tuned out. I mean, we, we're looming into a major war that no generation, in, in fact, you know, I don't know how many Americans are still, you know, I, is there any Americans alive from World War II? Like, I don't know if there's any, uh, how many are left. Uh, I would have to check on that if there's any uh, military guys that fought in World War II. But we haven't had to deal with this in such a long time. And now it's looming over. But as David said, other things have become so evil that people have become, they, they gave up. And and so I asked you a couple of things. Have you seen it? And then the second question is, what do we do to reach that generation? I I have seen the nihilism. Um, it doesn't take much to see it. Um, when you have a platform like Twitch, where yeah. literally you pay people to watch them play video games, and and those uh, video games are ultra violent. I mean, that that's the that's the de evolution of the mind of our society. You know, the biggest problem I'm seeing is there is a, a, you know, a huge gap in biblical literacy amongst not only the church, but amongst society in general. Mm-hmm. Unless you read the book of Ruth and understand that Ruth is a young person that values Naomi, who is an older person, 
Yes. You get people like that professor in Harvard that says that Japan needs to commit genocide on all the oh, older people. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. This is the this is the craziness of not having any biblical literacy. Mm. You can't have a generation that venerates the wisdom of the previous unless they have a guide how to do that and why to do that. Yeah. And according to them, the oracle in their hand that answers all their questions <laughs> about life is greater than any wisdom that an old person can give them. Mm. That's 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 the terrible truth. It is. How do we reach them? Their brokenness and their emo- their emotions are not being fulfilled by by their oracles, by their games, yeah. by their interactions. Yeah, dealing with them on a one on one basis. I've I've talked to a young man who's just about to go into college last week, and being interested and in, in engaged in his life and some of the trials and tribulations of those teenage years and being interested and then recalling yours. That's the best thing of putting our foot forward to reaching that generation, making them understand that we've been there and we, we have insight that we can share. And not only that, we're willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important thing. And, and ultimately as Christians, you know, our, our main, the great commission is still the great commission is still commanded by our Lord in difficult times or in hard times or in good times. It was still, it's still the same. And, and we're not done until the trumpet sounds, until the Lord comes. So um, that, that's something that I, I think I think we proposed that question, Jay, during the week is how to reach this younger generation. Maybe we can make some videos on on those particular things that uh, are important uh, in terms of reaching them, how to reach them. Uh, obviously, younger people that know the Lord, how to keep them and, and not getting swayed by society. Uh, but I want to come back to this, uh, the, the, the war thing, because it, it it's not stopping. And what and I don't mean fear mongering of any sort, but what I mean by that is it's, it's since, well, what was it? Tuesday since Tuesday. So, uh, Putin cancels or he at least says, we're not going to recognize the sovereignty of Moldova. Immediately we have some movements, true movements of Ukraine into Moldova. Then the, the U S actually, uh, goes into Taiwan and quadruples, quadruples its presence in Taiwan. Why? Because China is now getting involved with Russia and sending and sending them arms and say we're going to do a some kind of peace uh, or ceasefire at least ceasefire. But there are the of ceasefire sending more arms to uh, to Russia, which is kind of a bizarre thing. Uh, but they're negotiating with Russia, and so now the U.S. could be facing a two-front war, which we have talked about in the past. Some of these generals, U.S. generals, are saying that this would be the ultimate uh, suicide mission to go into a two-front war with two major powers. So, uh, David Lister, what do we make of this? Is China going to jump in the fray? Are we looking down the barrel of what we thought a while ago? Is that they're going to go into Taiwan? Russia has gone into Ukraine already. Now China's turn. And no one's going to be able to stop it because we have a man with 19% confident rate by the American people to do anything, let alone stop China. Yeah. Well, China has had a hundred year plan to yeah. become the world's power. That was 1949, a hundred years. They've been planning the collapse of the West. Uh, they, if you want to read their plan, there's a book called The Naked Communist. There's 49 points there. 
And if you read that, you can read it online, the 49 points or 45, I can't remember. But it shows you each thing that they're doing internally. So we actually have a three-front war, Mm. possibly. That plus the internal war of ourselves against ourselves or Americans against Americans. And and we're so – and this is – I love history, but this is how Rome collapsed. It collapsed from within, and those on the outside grabbed power. Jacob talked about grabbing power. So Russia is definitely trying to destroy our society from within, bringing in – they've got to be subsidizing the drugs over there coming across the border because – you don't kill your, you know, when I was doing drugs, you don't kill your customers. You don't send bad heroin out there because your customers, you got money every day. And the and it was always money to drug dealers. So we're doing that. On top of this, our society, there's a strategy called Clovered Leaven. If you haven't seen it before, it's basically you try to bring America to a point where there's so much crisis and so many different problems everywhere, the society collapses. And so you can see this with DAs that won't enforce crime. You can see this with on the streets in Philadelphia and everywhere where drugs are openly sold and people are being given drugs that are just killing them and rotting them away. Um, you can see it with all sorts of ways where our society is collapsing. And so in each one of these under this strategy is to create more problems and more problems. And now, and at the same time, communist China and Russia have long hated us for what we stood for. And, and, and so, so what's happening here is, is all coming together. And yeah, it's like a perfect storm. It's that a perfect I've storm. At the and, end of the age, and, yeah. And with less than two to three after we've given away all of our military equipment and everything, which will take, I think, missiles is going to take us 60 years to restockpile or 59, I think it was, I read. And then it's going to take, it would take us years to get enough artillery shells and everything to refight a conventional war. So the only thing that we can stop a foreign enemy is a limited nuclear war, which would just yeah. devastate. You know, you've got submarines uh, off and take out cities in minutes, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's just yeah. beyond me to even think about that day. And God forbid it <laughs> should happen. You know, it's just yeah. beyond the, the, the destruction that it would bring. I mean, the devil would be pleased. God would be sorrowful. You know, yeah, we've done this to ourselves. It's amazing to think that the West has in NATO has actually they're betting on nukes now as the only solution out of this. Is it, it's, it's that's like the if you think of the worst case scenario, like, okay, paint to me the worst case scenario. Be like, all right, worst case scenario would be there's nothing left to do except for nukes and 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 destroy yourself and other countries. And they're actually betting on that by giving away all these weapons, all this money. And now Zelensky says, you know, it'll be a major war if China allies with Russia. Well, they're doing it. They're doing it yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, so it's East versus West. It's 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 going to be 
of epic proportions, in my opinion. The United Nations just voted to demand Russia to leave. 141 to 7 was the vote to leave uh, the Ukraine. Uh, Britain says war is coming by 2030. Uh, and this is the point, and, and I'll go to uh, I'll, I'll go to Jay in a minute. Uh, the monetary system is collapsing at the same time this is happening. So uh, does war check all the boxes, David? To mean meaning that this is their only resort out of the debt that they have accumulated in the trillions, especially the last three years, and they want a war because the system is collapsing. Well, why not kill the person that you owe trillions of dollars to? <laughs> now you don't have to pay them back. That would be an you easy way a, out, wouldn't yeah, it? But yeah, the thing is, there, there, everyone, uh, the world has trillions upon trillions of dollars. I think it was last time I read something, it was $160 trillion worth of debt. And then Americans have been hit this past year losing $2 trillion in their homes. So, you know, we have all this debt. So, like you say, you could get rid of it by killing your enemies. You know what? There's a stupid YouTube song says wars are waged for the gold. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't remember the whole line, but it, it is true. And so they'll wage this hoping they can come out of it and then build their countries up on the back of destruction. Back of destruction. And, yeah. and I'm uh, sure I'm just but I'm positive. I'm glad the U.N. voted this in. I'm sure that China and Russia are shaking over this vote. Fearful. <laughs> 141 and then seven said no. And then I think 32. Uh, yeah. 32 abstained. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it means nothing because they do yeah. nothing. It's a united nothing. And they, they won't take up even the investigation of the blow, blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline. Uh, but they, they yeah. want a war because it's collapsing. The U.S. is the United States is raising rates to keep inflation from being, you know, too out of control, which they're not doing. Inflation is just rampant. They didn't even measure it the right way. And China is quantitative easy, meaning they're pumping money like a drug dealer sending cocaine into a system that they're going to get happy for about a minute, but it's, it's really debt. It is all debt. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Uh, Janet Yellen says, you know, she's concerned that we exceeded the balance. Uh, the, the, the new debt is coming so hard that primary dealers can't handle it. Meaning that countries, banks, they, no one's going to buy their debt. So they can't continue to do this. So that's a big barometer for me. What do you think? Absolutely. I think this is a, a global economic war for, for sure. It's it's about debt and the transfer of debt. But I, I, I did want to do a little bit of a tangent here because I while we're talking about it, I'm reminded, you know, we we all know that the person most likely that's leading the United States is behind the scenes of Barack Obama. And I just <laughs> want to draw attention to the fact that it was Barack Obama when he was running against Mitt Romney that said, Hey, uh, hey, Mitt, uh, the 1980s called. They want the Cold War policies back. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. Mm. He was the one that downplayed Russia as an opponent to NATO. And look yes. where we are. Yeah, he knew at the time, and he downplayed it for political reasons. And now this is the mess that we have. So, Mm. 
Barack, please do better. Do better. <laughs> He's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, did, did he is. This, did you see the secretary, uh, uh, um, what do they call the press secretary, Pierre? He said, yeah, President Obama, and she makes makes a faux pas. He calls it President Obama, told me this. So today, as you all saw just an hour or so ago, President Obama announced that, pardon me, President Biden. And she goes, no, 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 I'm so sorry. You know, not President Obama, President Biden, you know. Yep. <laughs> Freudian slip, you know, I make a joke out of it. But, you know, in a lot of circles, I go, at least she's, you know, it's telling the truth in some ways, you know. Uh, but uh, warmongering is here, you know. Um, the, this idea that this war started back in 2014, it's true, uh, with Newland, McCain, Obama, Biden finishing off, you know, the, the, the chemical biological research facilities that they admitted they have, I mean, is a disaster, is a disaster. And may the Lord Jesus Christ keep this from evolving into a major war like the the seals. You know, I know I, I you know to encourage everyone. You know, when you read the Book of Revelation, remember you you read the horse, the horses that come in, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the fifth seal, sixth seal. It is the Lord Jesus who opens the seals. Nobody can open them, yeah, that's right. and that's what John is weeping. He can't find anybody to open the seals, and he, he's weeping at the fact that there's no man found worthy to open the seals. And and there's not gonna there's not gonna be an end to sin. There's not gonna be an end to this horrible world system. And he's weeping at the fact that there's no end to this. God has not revealed this to John yet. But then in the midst of that, he sees a lamb as if it was slain. Then he sees a lion of the tribe of Judah, and he opens the seal. So he's the one that ushers these in. And it's hard for us to imagine, you know, in our society, thinking of a God of love, a God of judgment, a God, a Jesus of judgment who brings these things on the scene, not his wrath, but just simply a judgment on society, which is basically the ushering in of the Antichrist, the ushering in of these uh, uh, of these bad things coming into the world. So, but it is Christ who has the seals. And I take comfort in that, that he would do right and he would do justly. And so great are his justice and great is his mercy at the same time. And so we trust him, that we trust him that he is in complete control, even when the world seems so chaotic, you know, with the, with the nukes and all this talks. And, and uh, but nonetheless, we live in a chaotic world. The Lord is in control and he will return to settle things. In the meantime, it is it's really the commission of the, of the church to go and make disciples of all He's nations. Working while you um, have the light. And, you yeah. know, Marco, he promised us our lives. If we trust, we get out of here with our lives. Mm. If we get our eternal life. No matter what happens, we won't have these problems. And he Amen. promises them, us, our lives. And people That's have right. to remember that. Though death, where is thy sting? You yeah. know? We have true life, the life yes. of eternal life, the life of Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. It's the life of Jesus in us. Uh, I want to turn to another disaster, which is what's happening. You know, it's not close to you, David, but it's closer to you than it is to me. It's yeah. in Ohio. It's a disaster in East Palestine, in, in East Ohio, Palestine. And, um, you know, Ukraine, uh, Biden goes to Ukraine. Trump goes to Ohio. Yeah. The optics are really, really bizarre. Uh, the water's still toxic. The air is questionable. Uh, Trump buys him McDonald's. I, I would have bought him, you know, something. I would have bought him Chick Fil A or something like that. I don't know, maybe <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, uh, a gas has been found, phosgene has been found, you know, which is the yeah. byproduct of that vinyl chloride, highly toxic, colorless, strong, I guess a strong order. And it was used in World War One, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, but in the middle, it, you know, Trump says, hey, where's Biden? I would have ended it this war a long time ago. But uh, what in the world? I mean, from one disaster to another, they can't even deal with the disasters here. Uh, the American people, the hard worker, farmer gets nothing. And I think I think some of you guys were mentioning about the the the, the land that has been chemically uh, polluted. They can take and take it away. I mean, I, you guys, you guys can tell me more about it because you guys uh, yeah. have more insight on it than that. But, David, what do you think? What's going on in there? Well, from even over into Pennsylvania, people were seeing this when this gas cloud was up in the air that ashes and all sorts of chemicals were coming down on their lands. And uh, yeah. they don't know if they can plant. They don't know what this soil is going to do, what it, what it will do to the animals that consume these. This would be everything from uh, domesticated animals to wild animals will be eating this and people, you know, so this is a lot of questions everywhere. And no answers. And everybody keeps assuring them, drink the water. But when offered a glass, nobody's wanting to drink. You know, so so you have air problems, you have <laughs> soil problems. And yes, the government can come on under the super fund, which is a giant cleanup fund that was started after the disaster in uh disaster in Love Canal up in up in New oh, York. New York. And so yeah. they come in, nobody's gonna buy them houses ever because of the high cancer rates and things, but they had to wait till everybody had cancer oh. and everybody was dying to buy their houses, you know. And so they may come in, they can condemn all this land, all this maybe I should say it this way, they condemn all this Trump country land. Oh, because <laughs> it's very red there. It and, is. It is. Uh, and I did appreciate that the mayor talked to Juliana and made uh, made uh, Buttigieg wait for thirty minutes. I thought that was pretty classy. <laughs> well, he finally yeah. showed up after three weeks. I mean, yeah. So he put him <laughs> on ice for thirty minutes when you know. So, but it is Trump country, and maybe this is retribution. That's typical, mm. and I I don't put it by. The administration, right. the, the left seems to be vindictive and leaving no stern on a stone unturned to come after people. So it's uh, who knows what this is going to hold, if we'll ever be able to get the truth of the land and the chemicals and, and everything. And um, so because, you know, people are lawyers going to have to come in there. And do independent tests yeah. to find out if the soil's no good, and then start suing the railroads, start suing the government and everybody else. So. That's right. Have you seen these videos, uh, Jay and David? Have you seen these videos that they were from they were a couple of years ago, at least? Uh, these train tracks. I think one of them was in Michigan, and, and this train is going. The tracks are so bad. So, so bad. And the train is literally seems like it, it has to like go very slow over a straightaway. 
And, and David, you used to work in railroads, but the, the tracks are so bad. It looks like it's going to tip over and it just gets its balance again and it goes through. And it's like, why don't they fix this stuff? And, and you know, a lot of the problems with the railroad yeah, is they, they said, this is, remember the railroads have been uh, threatening to strike uh, all through the year and last year, and, and Biden finally made a deal with them. And, and it was a horrible deal because they, they have no safety measures. They can't get anybody, anybody to work that's worth their salt in there. And uh, and none of the safety issues uh, have been fixed. It's just an un it's an unmitigated mess. There's the, the, this infrastructure, which they say, well, the infrastructure bill is going to fix all this. You know, it didn't because all the pork money that went to different places. So, uh, Jay, what do you think? Is this, is this part of the deal in terms of like destroy the infrastructure of America? There's no economy. There's no food transportation. Farms are being bought out and destroyed and food facilities. Is it part of a bigger picture is what I'm asking? I mean, how many billions and billions of dollars have we sunk into programs like Build Back Better Ugh. over the over the years? And it's like these basic, basic things that could help the infrastructure are not taken care of. We still have one of the most vulnerable electrical grids in the entire world when it comes to attacks by yeah. by different uh bad actors. Yeah. It's you know, I, another thing I wanted to mention about when when Trump finally decided to go to East Palestine, one of the most sickening things that I saw was the coordination between the Biden camp and the media when all I could see on the news was, oh, the reason why we had the derailment was because Trump deregulated all these different things that would have prevented this crash. Oh, so he, no wonder he's going there. Because oh, he's trying to after him. Yeah, he's the cause of it. Oh. He's the cause of it. Oh, I knew it. I mean, they were trying to find something. I mean, the guy goes and buys everybody burgers and gives them hats and water and things like that. Okay, whatever. Photo op, optics, whatever. But at least he's there. At least he's on the spot. At least you know he's he's trying to campaign, and of course this is going to help him. Uh, but don't 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 blame him for for something that Boudouger you know, with, with his husband can do very, very quickly. You know, they could have yeah. fixed this thing very quickly, but they won't and they don't because it fits their narrative, right? And uh, and, and I don't know if they're going to be able to fix this. I don't know if they're going to, how quickly they're going to distance themselves from this gigantic mess. Yeah. Well, you know, you t- you done there, James? Or Absolutely. Well, Go ahead, David. I, I used to I used to take the railroad from Fulton, Kentucky to... Paducah, Kentucky. It was it was about 50 miles. The speed limit was 25 miles an hour. Okay, with a lot of a lot of 10 mile an hour places because the rail they had the 40 foot sections. Uh, Nowadays, they by the time I left the railroads, they were doing these 3000 foot long what they called ribbon rail because they would weld it together it all became one big long rail and that was good stuff and uh, you could go high speed on it but this section was just it was terrible you have to slow down in curves and you know and and see trains can either go 10 miles an hour or they have to get over 20 because in between uh when you're slowing down you're speeding up they have this thing called rocking and rolling as you're accelerating, you got to try to get through it quickly because you can rock off. 
mm. you know, and and especially if you're on a curve, you have to be careful. So the thing is, is it took forever to go across that 50 miles. You know, I could go 110 in two hours, but then it'd take me five to get across that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's but the those were all smaller rails. And what the U.S. was doing in the 70s was doing all the main lines for the passenger trains, Amtrak, putting all this money in there. And the railroad started selling off all these small lines, you know, short lines. And individuals would buy this line and then they would feed the railroad. But there hasn't been a lot of infrastructure and upgrading to bigger and better, bigger cars. But so it's just made it more dangerous. And then from people that I know that work on the railroads, they've told me that certain laws are being looked over, which are called hog laws. We call them hog laws but because people would just keep working and making more money. So mm. for 12 hours, you had to be off for eight hours. It allowed those with less seniority to get on, but it's called right. an hour of service laws. But they're overlooking this, even up in Canada. Up and overlooking wow. the hours and making people, you're supposed to be, you you take a shift, you have to have eight hours off. Okay. And so in six and a half hours, they can call you to report back, but they overlook them and they just take your time, put it on another day. This is really dangerous. I mean, like the, the railroad is already a very, very dangerous place, but to put tired people out there, you know, Ooh. I would not be surprised if these guys were didn't look back on their train for over 20 miles, may have mm. just been tired and yeah. out of it, you know, yeah. and. And so All the sensors might have been going off and off uh, and off and saying too hot. Yeah. And look, sleeping on the railroad, I I saw that. I've seen a lot of things in the business because of the amount of work and you know and the lack of sleep. So yeah. now, what, David, what do you make of this? I mean, it's kind of an interesting. There was another explosion in Ohio. It was it was in Bedford, Ohio. It was a metal factory manufacturing plant uh, not too far from uh, Palestine. And then so they, they were concerned again, same, same concern, you know, these fumes, make sure things are OK. Environmental scientists flying out of Arkansas, four scientists in the pilot. They crash soon after takeoff. And um, it's like one tragedy after another. You know, I'm not trying to say it was from the, you know, necessarily related to Clinton. It was it was in the Clinton National Airport that they took off from. But I mean, how did this happen? How does four scientists and a pilot going over to inspect these things? And and, and some of them were, con- were were concerned that they might be going over to Palestine too to look at these uh, these events. But they died, and nothing said about it. It's almost like buried in the news and. And, and and one it just seems one tragedy tragedy after another continues uh when in regards to um you know this nation you know explosions people dying and and it's like no one says anything about it it's 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 unrelated to anything that they that they're living through well when you have coincidence after coincidence after coincidence after coincidence pretty soon you have to say well, is there really something to these coincidences? Yeah. You know, is there something actually going on here? You have the right to question this because, you know, the right, uh, you know, when multiple, multiple coincidences happen, the odds become so great that they're not 
coincidences. Right. There has to be a tie. Now, I, I've never trusted the CIA after I found out that they sold drugs to my generation. They used mm. your uh, your nation, Nicaragua, where you were born, as yeah. a selling ground of cocaine, bringing cocaine to America and and yep. making money so they could fight against communism down there, another CIA war. And, you know, the many, many horrible things the CIA have done around the world, such as uh, assassinations of democratically led leaders uh, from the Congo, other places. So assassinations and getting rid of people. Uh, we see another Clinton tied person. I don't know. What are we up to about 45 now that it's, have it's disappeared? You know, he, yeah. he was tied to a tree, gunshot multiple times, and it was ruled a suicide. That's not the first time that that's worked. <laughs> And you know, yeah, you got the guy Mark Middleton. The, yeah, 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 and you got the guy that uh, worked for Hillary Clinton that got killed in Oakland daylight, and and his his Rolex, all the valuable stuff wasn't taken, but there could have been something taken that was information that would have hurt the Clintons. Yeah. I don't know, but it's all coincidence. But you have to ask at some point: Is there something dark going on here? Something that we're a, we're a world that is consumed with death and destroying itself. Yeah. Jay, what do you think? Clinton body count? I mean, he's talking about Mr. Pendleton, Mark Pendleton, who was tied to a tree, couldn't find the gun, but, you know, he got got shot and called it a suicide. This is among the many. I mean, the, the, the Clinton airport one, maybe, maybe a little bit of a stretch, uh, but, you know, from Vince Foster to Sean Lucas to uh, John Ash, all these... People, I mean, I don't know what the body count is. David's right; it's in the double digits for sure. Maybe close to fifty now. And uh, you know, the MI6 guy who you know got information about Clinton and he was found dead. Scotland Yard said it was an accident and uh, you know it was suicide. And and then you have the Epstein tied to the Epstein thing. This guy was in the in the log with Clinton with Epstein. I mean. Stop me when I'm just like completely, you know, uh, uh, conspiratorial. <laughs> well, well, Marco, I just yes. want to say officially, because I don't have friends in the CIA or, or the NSA or a- anybody in law enforcement that I think that there is, you know, absolutely nothing going on with the Clinton body count. I think that they are fully above board. In fact, the Clinton Foundation, I, you know, I bet you if we did an audit, we would find that every single penny is accounted for perfectly. And you know, furthermore, if we looked into the private life of Bill and Hillary, we would find, you know, you know, uh, an Ozzy and Harriet love story of wow. truly epic Hollywood proportions. Incredible. And here I am trying to, you know, dig up some dirt <laughs> on such a pristine couple. Yes. Uh, <laughs> How cynical of you. Yeah. yeah. Cinderella and her prince. My, yeah, my being is just crazy. You know, let's not forget, you know, the, 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 you know, what they did in, in, in Waco, Texas in 93. Yeah. I remember being yeah. senior in yeah. high school. I, I remember Davidian being there. Church. I remember yeah, really driving oh, through it. Right. Yeah. You, you were in Texas at that time. I was. And I was, I drove through Waco to see the plumes at, at about yeah. the same time that good old Janet Reno was uh, sending in the tanks. Yeah, nothing happened. So, <laughs> and of course, you know, those people 
they were, you know, according to the government, they they were absolute terrorists. They were fundamental cultists. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say that David Koresh wasn't a crazy person and yeah. that what he was doing was abuse. But I will say that the response when we're talking about civilians, just like so many other of the government's Children. and the ATF's responses, seem not to care about, you know, the innocent civilians or the victims, but only care about a news, a newspaper article or a headline of we win. Yeah. What a and it was, horrific it was interesting yeah, that it was interesting that David Koresh would often go in town. In fact, he was in town two days before and the FBI were already on the case over there. They could have arrested him right yeah. then and there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and but they they wanted to do it through guns, through, even though they knew they had had an informer that said they they were armed to the teeth. And but David Koresh actually comes out of this as as being something of a prophet. He had said years and years before he knew the government would kill him. You know, I don't know if that's demonically inspired or just, you know, his this, but he did abuse women. He did abuse children. Uh, He was a cult leader and all that. But there's no proof that he was willing to to slaughter his own children and his wives, his multiple wives and his and the men that were with him. But. Also, you know, it was law enforcement that sold him out. Yeah. They, well, they sold him the, the weapons that they wanted to arrest him oh. for. Oh. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, where, where where does the line of entrapment come come, come yeah. into this? You know, it's like, oh, we're going to offer them something that they can't get. And they, they, then they do. They take the bait. Oh, you're breaking the law. We're going to arrest you. Now. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to bring a tank to your facility. Yeah. Bulldoze the place and set it on fire. Absolutely. That, that sounds course. like that thing Obama did, sent and sent the weapon, you know, sold weapons to people in Mexico, and they were going right. to trace these weapons. And as soon as they Ooh, walked away, curious. Yeah. They were, these weapons were gone. You know, and there's <laughs> there were reports like this around the United States by uh people finding box loads of guns in alleys behind you know where uh gang members were located and stuff like this and there was guns placed everywhere you know Incredible. so and yet eric holder has a career on television oh. being a special uh, what is it a, a special contributor to this oh, day that is that what he does I believe so. Yeah. Why doesn't he just go away? You know, he, he destroyed the place. He destroyed the got the, got his money. Just go away. And but I want to remind everyone we're we're catching up with Jacob, and uh, Jacob is uh, uh, recovering. wasn't feeling too well today, so uh, we're here. We're back, and uh, we're going to be taking questions. I'm backstage, so start sending your questions in now. We're collecting them on Rumble, and uh, we'll soon be going to. Um, backstage on the different platforms, Morial.tv and Rumble and, and Vimeo and places like that. And you can uh, not only get your question, 
answered, but we'll also be talking about some interesting things going on in Israel. We're also going to be talking about some major happenings, and and and, and I want to get a lot of input from you guys. It's the uh, uh, the drug war and the drug uh, destruction of society by by drugs, and uh, specifically. Uh, some of the newer drugs that have hit the streets. Everybody knows about fentanyl, the major cause of death in, uh, among 18 to 45 year olds. Uh, but now it's uh, increased uh, in potency uh, with some nefarious things. So uh, it's speaking of the media and how they portray that story about uh, the, uh, the, 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 the branch Davidian cult, uh, the media, I mean, Jacob's talked about this numerous times, how complicit they are. And of course the media here is blaming who do they blame? They blame uh, the, the residents of East Palestine for voting for Trump. Uh, they, they, they're they're being blamed for being conservative. It's just absolutely crazy. And you can't say anything. You can't. You know, is it Joy, Joy Bear is the one that, that said that on The View, which I have no idea why they're still on. I mean, I, I guess people still watch it, I guess, out of out of pity. CNN still on. And uh, what was it Don Lemon? You know, women in their 40s are past their prime or things like that. It's. It, it, but he goes off. He gets suspended. The show does better with him. Now he's back. So you, the show's going to go back again. Um, but, you know, it, it's just the media has brainwashed people to the degree that even people that I know, this is a crazy thing. And, and some people might go, well, the, the, maybe they're not Christians. I, I can't tell. But there are believers that I know, Christians, maybe in a loose term, loose end, that watch news. They watch liberal news and they literally believe what they're saying is true. And they walk around with lies in their in their head, you know, thinking that this is true, that this is right. And it is absolutely the worst. It's absolutely completely the opposite. Uh, David, listen, how do you wake people up like that? I mean, we're not talking atheist or, you know, people that would go to crazy liberals. We're talking about people that are, you know, conservative and the loose end will say Christians. But they are completely into the media, into the news cycles with no idea of any kind of barometer of truth or relevance. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, that's a major problem within, within the church. Well, not only within the church, but, but of course within the world, because they accept the lie and it's, and, and media has been complicit in turning some good news people off like Newsmax, the AT and T shut them off, or and direct, oh, really? direct, direct TV. Oh, so man. they're dropped by know. millions and millions of people. So there's only one side for the vast majority of television getting out there. Thankfully, streaming has now exceeded um, exceeded Stable. regular television. The cost of television yeah. has gotten so much, so streaming is that. So there is some hope, but that's why they had to get rid of Newsmax. They go after OAN, O-A-N, A-A-N, yeah, and yeah. try to get rid of them off cables and everything. So they want to silence anybody that can have any form of truth. For me, this is a spiritual problem that mm. people, the world, I do believe, is under a strong delusion. And mm. people don't love the truth anymore. And this strong delusion, God is saying, hey, you you want to lie? Open up. I'll feed you more. Mm. You know, because wow. it's God himself that sends this strong delusion. He's in control. But if you don't want the truth, and that's the that is the only thing that will wake people up. 
Yeah. It's the, the only truth. thing that will, as Acts 26, 18 says, opening their eyes, turning them from darkness to light and from mm-hmm. the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. You've got mm-hmm. to keep praying you to for people. You've got to keep going to them, asking them questions. Keep knocking, keep asking questions, keep witnessing to them with love and concern. And God will and God will be merciful and answer your prayers. Amen. Amen. Jesus did warn uh, David, and you pointed this out as well as Jacob, uh, four times on his Olivet Discourse, do not be deceived. There's deception coming. We see it in the world. We see it in the church. Obviously, uh, the church has enough deceptions with many things happening uh, that will portray that. Uh, but also, you know, media giants like Google, you know, which is basically a tech company that has news outlets, you know, like YouTube and things like that. Uh, Jay, this this news was, was pretty shocking to me, although it wasn't surprising, but it was just how I guess blatant they are. Uh, they're blocking news content now in Canada. Uh, they said it was part of a test and they said it was about 4%, which I don't believe the numbers, but 4% of Canadian users are not seeing the true news. They're just seeing something that we're feeding them. Uh, so this is ready for the internet censorship bill uh, as, as it's going to pass. I think it's called C11. And the Canadian press is reporting that, hey, People are limited to what they can see already in Canada. Uh, you know, maybe people are not even caring anymore, but even those that care and even David was talking about Newsmax here in the States and other, uh, and other organizations, um, these contents are being impacted. Nobody could see the truth now, uh, or at least a balance of what they're being fed. Um, uh, how, two questions. How is this going to impact in terms of truth generally? But how is this going to impact, let's say, gospel preaching or or ministries who are preaching the truth well the the most disconcerting thing we can see in modern times is the fact that we have an alliance between big tech and government and um yeah that's, yeah, a, this, that's a fact yeah, that's a fact already yeah yeah there's 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 no denying it they they are in bed together and they are working together in concert now understand that mainstream society believes in relative truth Mm. that is that is the concept my truth is the truth for me however (laughs) however their truth has now gone to the point where if you question relative truth they have to make sure that you cannot have your truth Mm -hmm. you have to have their truth so it's a it's a hypocritical it's a hypocritical standard of Okay, we we don't believe that you have the truth. You have misinformation. You right. might you might think that this is scientific, but here, let me show you what really is scientific. Throw relative truth out the window. Doesn't matter because really what matters, we have a narrative that you must believe for the sake of let's call it maybe it's also society has become so divided and so ready to just you know fight each other that they need a narrative that is completely dumbed down that everybody must believe it or else mm-hmm. society maybe will tip over but to your point marco this is the beginning stages because if they will affect truth sooner or later christianity and biblical truth will not be included 
it will be misinformation and mm. thereby it will be deemed not good for society. So that channels like this, channels that exposit the word, you can't do that. That that's that's not affirming the truth that we want. And the truth we want is this. Fill in yeah. the blank. It's unbelievable and, how far we've gotten into our society because we're dependent on on, on media so much. And I'm saying you and I or anybody here, but in, in terms of the world, how it operates, in terms of uh, how it's fed the news, we rely on technology to to receive it. Well, all you have to do is control the narrative. All that you do is have means of communication in order to really force people to believe certain things. And if people are gullible, if people are uneducated, if people have been since the cradle have been, you know, forced to think a certain way, you know, via schools or the school system, which engineers you to know, you know, like Jacob said, not not to think, but what to think. What to think. Uh, then, yes. Yeah. Then people are going to be completely buying into any narrative. Uh, because it's easy, you know, it, it's hard to stand for the truth. It, it comes at a cost. It comes with, you know, losing some friend, losing some family, losing some, you know, maybe some comfort that you had, a job that you had, because you stand for truth. And there's nothing more precious than the truth. And of course, as believers, we know the truth is Jesus Christ and and his message of truth. The Bible is true. And and that's, it's got to come at a price. And uh, it's it, and if you think you know if anybody here is like okay well this is just kind of you guys are being way absurd and too outlandish look what the UN said the UN demands this is the UN demands global guidelines for internet speech to silent uh, to silence I should say and this is quote unquote what they use on their promotional video insects that are thriving in the dark we need to silence insects that are thriving in the dark meaning. People that don't conform to our narrative are compared to roaches or insects, and they're thriving because there's no regulation. Anybody can say whatever they want, and uh, that's not going to be the point. If, if they get their way, and, and, and look at the people that were there at this trust conference, Internet for Trust conference. It's so nice, isn't it? Internet for Trust conference. We got to trust them. Um, Lula da Silva, the president of uh, uh, Brazil, who is a convicted felon, who's a pedophile. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, at least he's been, he's been accused of that and other, you know, luminaries of great societies uh, of freedom. Uh, they were there claiming that you need to trust us. You need the UN is demanding this. It's not, you know, local government saying this, it's not just even the tech giants promoting this media is promoting the censorship. And on top of that, and I'll, and I'll go back to David, of course, you know, as Jay said, they 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 censor you on one thing and they promote their thing, right? This is how you got to think. So the media is promoting digital IDs now. Digital IDs is the next frontier. And you have Tony Blair, the ex-prime minister of the UK, saying we need this super app in the UK, and it's going to be a personal's ID and financial and health status and all this stuff. And uh, you'll be able to, you know, travel anywhere and do anything because you're going to have it at your fingertips. Uh, this super app is coming and they spent 14 minutes on a BBC talking about how great it's going to be. Once they get rid of Putin, they'll be able to bring this digital ID into the system It's going to replace cash, replace cash because, hey, it's you're going to be able to pay, uh, pay for everything there. You won't need anything of this physical uh, monetary system that we have because people are already in the digital world. We're just giving them what they have already. Uh, David, is this true? 
the people well, are just basically is this going to follow through with the the next phase, which is digital ID, digital uh, digital money, all that stuff. Is this just the next frontier, the logical frontier, or uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think we already have an understanding of how the app's going to be used. I mean, we know China had the app, and what was it really good at? Surveillance. Shutting people down, locking them into their buildings, and so that they would come out at night and scream, you know, and and jump off buildings. It was great at shutting people down into neighborhoods and not letting them out. So they know this works. And the, the, this model is built for control. They mm. will not only be able to control the narrative, but they can control what you do, what you think. And, and of course, it was going so badly for China. Their economy was starting to really be hit and taking a hit. They had to turn the machine off and let China open back up again. And because now they've got this new narrative of they're going to, to start to build up and how are they going to build up? Like you said earlier, they're going to print. Well, they're just going to move some X's and O's and zeros and ones around and all voila, (laughs) everybody has money again. Let's all go make ourselves rich when it's, uh, you know, um, debt. That destroys nations, you know, yeah. and it's going to destroy all the nations. So, so we know it works for what they truly want. So it's the opposite of what they're saying. This wonderful things, you know, you always sell a pile of crud as something wonderful. Yes, we can convert this into energy and energy, you know, but you never get the good benefits. You only get the bad ones. Yeah, so we're coming to the end of uh, uh, our, our stay here on Catching Up, and we'll be going over to Backstage in a few minutes. So start sending in your questions. We love to take your questions from Rumble. So if you're in Rumble, send the questions in. If you're another, uh, if you're another platform, we'll be moving over uh, to out of YouTube and out of Facebook in a minute. Uh, it is interesting, uh, David and Jay, that it, it was two uh, UK officials, I guess ex-officials, one was an ex-prime minister, one was a deputy prime minister under David Cameron, but they both confirmed the very same thing. Look, it's going to be great for society. People are going to get money into these apps. And, and, I, and I guess you would have to, you know, it depends on who you are, you know, some amount of money, you know, you can get up to like 20,000 pounds if if you qualify in certain things that uh, it's, it's very common with, uh, you know, free money or helicopter money that they call it uh, as the U S has been very good about, you know, what do they call them here? Uh, when they send you those checks, they call they call them, um, uh, stimulus, stimulus, money. Right. stimulus money. Yeah. It would, it would turn to UBI. It's exactly. But they're literally parodying the same kind of propaganda line. We're going to win this war. Then we're going to have our, our big utopia is going to come and everyone's going to have money and you're going to have an app and you're going to be, of course, social credit score and, and they argue that, happy. yeah, and they argue the very point that, you know what, we're going to lead the world again in the economic future. What kind of economic future are we going to have, David? Well, with these guys, I don't see a future mm. because utopias throughout history never work. Mm. 
man's heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and incurably sick. Now, there will be those that will be a minority that will benefit this. A great example would be the CCP party, uh, the the few few million people up in North Korea who are now, while the vast majority are starving there now, they have a food problem. So it doesn't work, but they got nuclear missiles. And so it's, this is what's going to happen. It's, it's just, it's going to fail. Man's, they want to be gods. They want to control the earth and God's not going to allow it. Mm. You know, and yeah, Jay. Uh, just as we finish this, uh, uh, you know, not only this topic, but you know, catching up as a whole. Uh, what, what's your take? I mean, it's 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 coming. Uh, I mean, it's we're heading down the road. And always, Jacob asks his questions. You know, we're heading. You know, Jacob, where are we going? We're heading down the road of the mark of the beast, and, and I think he's absolutely right because these things are a prelude to that. Uh, but in the meantime, it's 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 in stages, and people go through this. Uh, technical revolution, as Tony Blair calls it, right? Um, how is it going to look for, especially young people? Are they going to just absorb this and say, "Hey, this is this is already part of my life. This is, you know, it, it's I'll trade in my, uh, you know, my my freedom and liberties for a little bit of cash." If you try to ask uh, most young people, and I'm I, I say this, you know, kind of the pinch of salt. Um, they uh they don't know who the founding fathers are they don't know why we we uh had a revolution against britain they have very little concept of history other than when they need to look it up they don't have the full flow of it i think it's kind of one of those things where we the antichrist is going to be a reaction to the populace and the populace are going to get the antichrist because they deserve the antichrist I think you can see that society is being built. That's a society that completely is given over to everything infernal in life, whether it be, you know, um, just uh, do, do what thy wilt will be the whole of the law. That is, that is the motto of this generation. And it's been the motto of previous generations. And it's just building and escalating to that moment where you're going to find a leader saying, repeating that, and saying, I'm here to let you do whatever you want. Because that mm. is that is that is the utopia we've come to build. And everyone's wow. like, finally, somebody I gets get me. I get what I want to <laughs> do. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's been said that uh, you know, speaking of uh you know, those technological advances about AI. Uh, it's been said that AI is probably more dangerous than nukes. You know, I think somebody quoted that one time and, and, and because they were talking about the fact that AI can really mimic anything. They can really propaganda anything. And, and, and I think it was it was the most recent one. I think it was Bing, the search engine Bing. I think it's Microsoft's uh, search engine. They, they asked the question and they we're going to, you know, what what do you want? To do it's it's what the uh, the question to the AI and it says well I want to I want to I want to be alive I want to steal the nuclear codes and I want to set off a uh, what is it I want to set off a new pandemic into the world this is literally what it said and it was so crazy Uh, you know obviously it's fed into those information right but it it was just weird that an AI would actually 
want that stuff to happen because it just can. <laughs> it just it, it it's it's able to do it and and no one's gonna be able to stop it. So in a lot of ways it's 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 really dangerous this idea of you know unchained technology being let loose into the world. And of course the spirit of antichrist is moving in that direction to control society, media, people's minds and thoughts. So anyway, we'll leave it Getting there. Ready for one thing. Yeah. yeah for the AC's coming. You know, and mm. it's, and how do they and one of the things, you know, Rome fell. I, I am such a history guy. Rome fell because of bread and circuses. You bread feed and people and you keep them entertained and then they're unaware. Man, that's yeah. such a great point. I, I wish we could have a little bit more time to talk about that because I, I see that in society. You know, these Rome had their bread and circuses, you know, the chariot races and all that stuff. We have what the World Cup, the Super Bowl, and you know, all these things. You know, for us in America, you know, baseball, football, that kind of stuff. Everybody else in Europe and it's 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 football, you know, the the what we call video soccer games. Here. Video games. Yeah, it's it's and nobody really cares about anything else except for their own tribalism, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's, it's my team red and your team blue. And, and, and I'm going to exert all my energy to support this thing because nothing else in this life really matters, you know? So I'm just going to put all my effort into this team or this passion that I have. And it's such a sad thing because man was created in the image, image and likeness of the Lord and, 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 and what we, you know, the passion and the drive that, you know, being, being encouraged and having a, it pursued is something God has given us naturally in a person. Uh, but it was the pursuit of God is the, it was supposed to be the pursuit of holiness and better things for our families and our lives. And now it's just being misspent into things that are absolutely worthless and, and people tune out on the bread and circus because there's nothing else in this life. Really. They, once they rejected God in the scriptures, then they become deluded in their thinking. And and so this is going to make me happy. Team Red won. So it's going to make me happy. That's where all my energy and focus is going to be. And, and it's very sad. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying, you know, people shouldn't watch sports or anything like that. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the 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 looting of the mind to think that this is my passion, my drive. It's in this team. <laughs> and it makes my life. If they win and it can be anything, you know, it can be yeah. wonderful things like hunting and fishing. It yeah. can be whatever you sell out the whole thing to to uh, to just enjoy. And that's your life. You know, that people become yeah. specialized in so many things and that becomes their whole entertainment and their whole world. And that's right. some people is work. Some yeah. people it's whatever, you know, and so uh, even good things can go too far. And yeah. they will, you know, it's the days of uh, no, um, like in the days of no, people will be buying and selling and giving and taking in marriage. People yeah. will be consumed with family business and be consumed with business and everything yeah. else. They won't see the rain coming. In the, in the day that Noah entered the ark and then yeah. the flood came. And, and, and I think that's the worst life, the worst life to live. It's a life that you live, a comfortable life, maybe a, a joyful life with these, you know, little things that you have. And but it's devoid of God and it's yeah. devoid of his spirit and of the truth. And you just seem to live that way. And, and, and in fact, I would say as we as we close, it is the ultimate upfront to God. And that's why God judges that kind of uh, society. 
you know, because you look at what Jesus said in Luke 17, you know, like they were giving marriage, as you quoted, David, they were buying and selling and all this stuff. And it's like, well, what's wrong with that? It's because they were devoid of God. They had no relationship with God. And God considers that an affront to his holiness because we were created to know him and follow him. And when we take him out of our lives and our society and our thinking, then we are primed for judgment and we're primed for lies. And, and I think we've seen that. So anyway, we One will be talking thing. about this more. Yeah. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord. Amen. You know, Marco, I know how busy you are and what a servant of God you are. And Jesus said one beautiful thing. If you if you give your life away, you find it. And that's the opposite of what the world's doing. Amen. Amen. We have a lot of questions. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys so much for sending a lot of questions. And uh, I'm going to put these two gentlemen right here uh, on the grill, on the hot seat. And uh, let's see what they can, not they can come up with an answer, like making it up, but let's see what we can do to help people find the truth. Thank you so much for watching, catching up on YouTube and Facebook. We're going to be heading over to rumblemorial.tv, Telegram, uh, what am I missing? Of course, uh, Facebook, uh, no, no, uh, Vimeo, Vimeo. And we're going to be doing backstage there and taking your questions there. So jump over to those platforms and, uh, but especially Morial.tv, that's our flagship and you'll be able to watch David and Jay answer some of these questions. So God bless you guys. We'll be signing off and heading to those platforms. See you on backstage. Welcome to Backstage, the part of the show that we can't really say on, I guess, the bigger platforms. The tech overlords will be really mad at Jay and David. And if they were to find out who they are, they would uh, they would might show up at their house. And uh, But we are going to answer some of these questions. So we move the questions from catching up to this because we get a lot of great questions. And, and some of them we go, oh, man, we have to answer these. And YouTube's not going to be happy. And uh, so we said, forget YouTube. We're just going to answer the questions. I'm backstage. And I'm glad we agreed. So let's get on with the grilling. Let's get on with the questions for Jay and David. Uh, would it be fair to say Vanguard, BlackRock is behind these catastrophes, train wrecks in Ohio, Oregon, Texas, like a nuclear bomb in East Palestine. Jay, what do you think? That's a good question. I would say that it's uh, it does benefit BlackRock in, in a huge Ooh. way by yeah. removing, um, you know, home ownership for an entire town and possibly, you know, clean up and then, you know, I'm sure they own companies that do environmental cleanup. I'm sure they own companies that then do, you know, environmental rehabilitation and then they build their, their, their rental units right there. So it, it's not out of the question for me. All right. David, what do you think? Well, with the, with the philosophy of investing that I knew and grew up with, uh, you were supposed to invest. For those people whose money you have, but with this, I believe the it's ESG. Is that correct? Yeah, that is okay. correct. With ESG, you're more wanting to invest in a philosophy that not necessarily brings returns, 
okay, for those people whose money you have. And so, but they sell it as you're benefiting all of society. And so since they've been priming younger people and everything to be environmentally concerned and all of these things, so it would not be out of the question that that these people wouldn't benefit from this. I can't say they're involved with all knowledge, but they certainly do benefit from this thinking, getting people to believe that they're saving the earth or Mm. they're fixing it and they're trying to create policies. But it isn't good if you're an investor because they're the, the money is not, they're not concerned about you or you investing your money. They're concerned about all these other causes and they won't. In the end, we know they won't come out right. That's right. That's right. Uh, next question. If the daily sacrifice were started back up, if the daily sacrifice were started back up, will that mean we're in the Daniel 70th week or is there another indicator? David. If the sacrifice, well, it does mean that the temple has been rebuilt and the sacrifices for sin have started back. So we're, we're very, very close. I mean, you could, you could get something like that through some sort of an agreement. Okay. And that would bring, um, the Jews would be happy. The Muslims, I don't know, they might be satisfied. But we would be very, very close because that's Antichrist's temple. Okay, Jay, what do you think? I know that it would mean that the first seal has been opened, but I know that we would be very, very, very close. For for me, the the first brick uh, built on top of the Temple Mount is like, um, I'm looking at my watch going, okay, the Antichrist must be here. We're going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good out that thing. list to square up with the Lord real quickly. <laughs> uh, it, it is true. I, I think there's some merit to that. I think where the sacrifices are, are when the sacrifices are started, and I, and I think that's what Daniel 9 is talking about, you know, yeah. that he makes a covenant and the daily sacrifices begin, and then he puts a stop to it at three and a half years. It, it's a great indicator, but we won't really know. And this is the the amazing thing about prophecy until the middle of the week that we can absolutely know. And, and as Jacob has said, you know, those two things need to happen. It's the, uh, the abomination of desolation and the uh, identity, the church identifying uh, the antichrist through 666 will be uh, two major things that are going to be major indicators. Once those things happen then the rapture will happen very, very soon, according to what I read in scripture. And, and, and I think we, we could agree to that. And And one of the reasons is because, the birth pangs uh, look a lot, the same things about, uh, look very much like when the seals start opening, only intensified and more worldwide. So yeah. all we're doing is people say, well, we always had wars. Well, we always had these problems. We always had this, you know, but this time is different because they will be worldwide. Look, I saw Vietnam War. I saw, you know, I thought this stuff would never end. War after war after war. I saw earthquakes. I lived through earthquakes, you know. I lived through three hundred, 290-mile-an-hour uh, typhoon. So I, I've seen all these things and all this destruction. 
but not on the scale that it's going to be. Global scale. All right. Revelation 6, the fourth horseman was given authority over a quarter of the earth. Is that the quarter of the population or a quarter geographically? What do you guys think? Well, for me, I believe it's the population because you got war. And then when you have war, you have death. So you have all these dead bodies and all the decay, the breakdown of the society. And so you start having famine, then you have further breakdown in society. And so you get with all the dead bodies and and yellow fever and diseases and everything. So you're going to have lots of people dying because of it. Just naturally war, famines, and pestilence. Pestilence. 25% gone. All right. What do you think, Jay? Is it population or geography? Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to say I'm uncommitted because I know that, David, a lot of people take the stance that it is population, but I have heard the other argument that it is ge- geography. Hmm. And to that point, a lot of it then comes down to landmass. Because remember, I think we have an absurd amount of water compared to land. So when yeah. you talk about that, that that makes a lot of sense. Also, it kind of plays into kind of the coalition army that comes uh, later with the Antichrist. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Matthew 13, the wheat and the tares. How does the wheat and the tares judgment work since Jesus died for the church and we, the church, will escape his wrath. Along with that question, I have heard it said that the part of his intent with the results of the seals opening is to purify the church to a chaste virgin standing. Are we, aren't we already purified, forgiven by the sacrifice of his cross? There's a couple of things here. It's kind of a longer question. Uh, we'll take the first one. How does the wheat and the tear judgments work? Since Jesus died for the church and we already escape his wrath. David, you want to take that one first? Matthew 13, the separation of wheat and the tares. Well, of course, the the Lord knows who are his. And he will take those that are wheat. Okay. And he will harvest them. And he sends the, the angels from the four corners of the earth to come and harvest them and so we are saved from the wrath it doesn't mean we won't we'll be saved from antichrist wrath okay Okay. or from persecution or from uh or from even from um uh deception you know it'll be upon us and you have to really be staying close to him and his word but the tares they they may you know they get cut down but at the end when the lord separates you know when he winnows you know the tares go away you know and they're burned yeah. up and so they will face his wrath or the and they will eventually face eternal death all right all right very good jay what do you think the judgment of the wheat in the tares uh, with the wheat and the tares, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the wheat actually produces something from the sacrifice of, of God's forgiveness. It yeah. produces grains. Fruit, that's right. Okay. The tares produce nothing. So the, the sacrifice is, you know, it, it's completely 
voided out by the fact that the tear doesn't do anything with it. So I could see that's kind of how I, I look at it. It's like the Lord will separate the fruitful from the unfruitful. That's right. Okay. Now, the second half of his question is regarding the seals. The result of the seals is, is it to purify the church as a chaste virgin? Aren't we already purified by the forgiveness of his cross? Well, we will be completely purified at some future point. But God has always allowed testing to come to come to his people. You have tribulation. And when you go through rough things in life and and when you go through tough things in life, it allows you to get rid of those external things, those things that are unprofitable. And that's a purification or sanctification process. And so when the seals are open and we're having this time where we're here on earth, it's a time where the things that you thought were important, the things that you thought were good, you cast aside now and you realize Mm -hmm. how much and how important Christ and having him in your life. Um, We've seen how there's an old saying, I can't remember it. It talks about, the church has grown on the blood of the martyrs. Maybe you guys yeah. might remember that yeah. one. Yeah. And it's, and so when God cuts away, when God cuts away branches and, and things like this, he's making the church stronger and better, which is a purification process. Okay. And so it's a part of the sanctification and at the end of the day, in this process, you're going to re- realize all that, is important will be Christ. Amen. Jay, what do you think? Purify the church through the seals. Um, I, I do, I do think so. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm kind of thinking Paul said that none of you have suffered to, to the point of death. Yeah. And obviously when you do suffer that kind of uh, persecution, um, you, there's going to be different fruits that are going to arise from it. Uh, mm. Peace, joy, um, and also with with pruning, it's it's a funny. You can prune two ways. You can prune to make more fruit, or you can prune to make the fruit that's there even better. Yeah. The example in my mind is in Japan, they don't prune for a bigger harvest. They prune to make the fruit, the one fruit on the vine, the best mm. it can be. Mm. So either way, pruning is involved. And I think, yes, the refinement of the church is going to make make us uh, more prone to persecution because suddenly the light of the purification that Christ gives us during that time is going to shine amongst men, and that's not going to be acceptable. All right. The dark hates the light. Yes. That's right. All right. So I got to get moving here because we got a bunch of questions and, and we got a we got time limit. Have you considered that Zelensky is raising capital to rebuild Ukraine? When the war is just getting started, what's up with that? What do you guys think? Is he raising One capital? Raising? To, yeah, to rebuild. I mean, he's got a lot of money. Well, that's his job. He's been, a, you know, he's been pimping the whole world to bring more money to Ukraine. And <laughs> and we don't know where all this money's going. There's no audit. Money is flowing all over the world. We sent money to Israel. We've been sending money for, for years and years. 
But we now have to prove that this is not part of this vast amount of money that's flowing through the world. We had to get our CPA and send our documents to prove that it was a legit transfer. So the world knows there's all this money. So uh, it's he thinks that money is going to save the Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Jay, what do you think? Let me just say what everybody's thinking. The money is not going to go to rebuild Ukraine. No, it's, it's lining the pockets of Zelensky and his his corrupt entourage. There's there's no money that is going to go to building brick one and war torn Ukraine until after the conflict is over. I think there's actually a pension fund for. Uh, I heard somewhere. I didn't hear the whole thing. I was kind of half in the room. A pension fund for members of the Ukrainian government hmm. having been established. So, hmm. look, it, it, total corruption. There was corruption in Ukraine before. And if anybody thinks there isn't any now, well, <laughs> just two words, Hunter Biden. Biden. There you go. <laughs> I think I made a they- fantastical remark about documents, but I'll let that stand. Why did they burn the wreck site in Ohio? Burn the evidence of illegal chemicals being shipped by some higher up organization? You want me? You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Well, the best thing I saw was that a fire chief from forty years ago over in Ohio. He said he had forty years' experience. He had never seen what was done by the local fire department and police. And we don't know who advised them to blow this thing up, but everything they did was wrong. You were, they had one car on fire and they were pumping water on it to keep it from spreading to the other cars. Once you get the fire out, you can then get into them. You know, if those things aren't punctured, you know, they have railroad cars have the outside that you see and inside for Hazardous chemicals, they have a second tank, so it's really hard to puncture. Now, but they had to drain those chemicals out. Yeah. That means they weren't, so they were pumping them out. And this guy said, they. he said he watched as they stopped the water on that one. And then they drained these chemicals, and then they ignited it. Hmm. He said... My 40 years, I've never seen never anything seen like this. And so, but what we don't know, is this what they were advised to do by somebody or was it just pure incompetency? Hmm. Very true. Jay, what do you think? It's a tough call. It, it does sound like it's it's a cross between probably incompetency and um, just a willingness to try to get rid of evidence. And what better way to get rid of evidence than to light it on fire? Yeah, major explosion. All right. Do you think that the Osbury revival will cause more division in the visible church? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can answer quickly, but we do know from some of the research that's being done is that the worship team, we see they openly talk about some of the members on their Facebook pages and other social media were saying things like POC, people of color, 
homosexuals, by other sort of the wokeism thing, they were leading the worship for eight days, the first straight eight days. And so we're seeing a lot of these ties right there. So if it's a true revival, revival comes in truth. And I can't see, I and this is my personal opinion, I can't see how Asbury is going to be a true revival scene that most everybody and um in worship and everything, but it seems, you know, are involved in such such things. But it seems to me it's more of a way to try to make a revival to further certain goals, such as LBQ. Yeah, exactly. That's my opinion. Yeah, you know, I'm going to bring uh, um, Davey from Australia. He's been working in the background today, and uh, but I'm going to bring him on because he had some interesting insights on this. Dave, uh, Davey, you heard the question. It's going to be revival or not? And is this if this Osbury thing, whatever it is, is it going to cause more division in the church? Yes, I definitely think it is going to cause more division. But in more ways than one, <clears throat> it's not just the fact that uh, – uh, like a compromised gospel is being presented there. Um, it's also going to be how, and it, it's also going to be how we as the church respond to it too. I kind of look at all the re, the things that have happened in the past and how the and what happened, and I think we're going to see a replay. I've been thinking about it a lot this week, and I I think I'm, we're already beginning to see, sort of see it. Um, usually. What actually happens, I'll take the Toronto uh, Pensacola thing as an example. Jacob often used the illustration of a pendulum. So you had all the hypercharismania sort of stuff happening, the Toronto Pensacola and all the rest of it. And, okay, we need to expose what's going on and all the rest of it too. But people see what's going on and instead of, you know, going to the word, letting the word be the guy, they swing to the opposite extreme of the pendulum and and suddenly you see a rise in cessationists those they've been so turned off with the gifts of the spirit they want nothing to do with the gifts of the spirit anymore so now you have a great big swing an uptick in the cessationist camp same thing you see all the lawlessness that went on with the toronto brandsville and pensacola and all the rest of it there was a lot of lawlessness associated with it so what do you see do you see a well-balanced approach? No, you see a swing to the other side, the other extreme again, where you end up with hyper-legalistic, hyper-Calvinist, um, federal vision cults. Um, they abounded, and the, look, they, they were worse than what they set out to reform. It's, it, I think there's more. there was more hope for someone caught up in the Toronto charismania sort of thing than what happened to some of these people who got caught up with Douglas Wilson's federal vision and their um, their cultish camps. Uh, so, so I can see the same thing happening now. The very first message that was preached there was a perversion of love. Now, we've been witnessing this for a while. That there's been a redefinition of what love is. I've been seeing it happen in the church for ages, and I know people. I know people that, who've said to me, they want nothing to do with love anymore. They've seen the abuse of love in the church. They want nothing to do with love anymore. Um God is a God of love. Love is one of his characters and one of his attributes. But to have true biblical love, 
it has to be defined by biblical truth. As Jacob would often say, they're like two sides of the one coin. In order for this coin to have value, I need both sides of the coin to be there. It's the same thing with truth and with love. Um, in order for it to be true biblical love, truth must be there. Uh, back in 2007, there was a movie that came out that was being highly promoted in Christian circles. <clears throat> I didn't get it at the time. The movie was called Lars and the Real Girl, and it was basically about a guy who, um, how do you say it nicely, he bought a real girl, basically a inflatable sex doll, which he took to church. And uh, basically the movie's supposed to be about a message about love and an example of love for the church. Not one person in the church ever confronted him and told him, hey, look, she's not real. She's not a real person. The pastor went so far as to perform a marriage and also a funeral for this inflatable girl or thing. Uh, and this was being touted by Christians at the time as being an example of what Christian love is. You look back and you can see where they're going with this. Substitute that inflatable doll now for, you know, another guy or Spain's just legalized bestiality. It's going to be dogs and animals next, is it? How far is the church going to go in tolerating? Um, this is going. To, we're going to see a, a swing away from uh, from love to people who want nothing to do with it. We have to find the balance in the middle. We have to rely on scripture to be well balanced and find that perfect balance and not string swing from one extreme to the other. And that is my concern at the moment because they're big on social justice. We're going to see people swing to the other extreme where they're not wanting to get where they won't want to get involved in political or social issues because they'll have seen the abuse. So people are going to get hurt. There are going to be people who are going to be lured along, get sucked in by this, get hurt and fall away because there's no substance to it. And then you're going to have others in our camp who are who could be watching now who are going to be like the people I know. They want nothing to do with love anymore. Uh, I do recommend a teaching by Jacob called Christ the Foundation When Truth Becomes a Lie. What happens when people elevate one attribute of God, like his holiness? Um, for me, having witnessed a lot of the stuff that went on in the hyper-Calvinistic hyper groups, the Federal Vision cults, just how cruel the lives it destroyed, um, because they elevated holiness to something that wasn't biblically defined. They had their own version of holy, holiness, and it was perverse, and it was it was gross. So I always had the trouble when I heard holiness in a sermon. It was like fingernails down a blackboard to me. Uh, what helped me was hearing holiness preached on correctly, biblically, which I thank you for, Marco, you did. Um, that helped me a lot. We need to... Dig into the word. They got the wrong definition of love. We need to have the right definition of love, and we need to portray that. We can't go from one extreme to the other, and that is my big concern at the moment, that we're going to see that sort of thing happen, causing divisions. Sorry, I was a little long-winded. I know you got more questions. <laughs> Very good, <laughs> Davey. Very Thanks, good. David. Very well done. Amen. Uh, I guess this is for Marco and David. Did you get to see the 12-year-old girl? destroys 15-minute city concepts, mocks Greta and Klaus Schwab, I would imagine. 
Uh, have you seen that video, David? No, please send it to me. Yeah, uh, neither have I. So thank you for sending that question. Whoever sent it, please send us that video. Love to see it. Uh, we have Oriel David at Yahoo.com. Yeah, or, or if you're on now, just post it on on, on the chat or, or something. We can we can get a hold of it. Is it true that Russia is threatening to nuke Yellowstone? Jay, have you heard that? <laughs> the 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 Kevin Costner TV show. Uh, <laughs> No, I haven't. That's that. No, I have not heard that. And that makes sense at, at a certain stage because if a, if a nuclear weapon hit and somehow it made the caldera go off, that's yeah. like a, that's not a U.S. ending event. That's like a world ending event. Yeah. David, have you heard that? What I, I did hear. What I did hear is he did, from what I heard, he threatened Boris uh, Johnson that uh, London could be gone in 10 minutes. So, Mm. Yeah, they've said that with the submarines for sure, for sure. Uh, Let me go to the next question. Um, There it is. In reference to the Antichrist, who who might a little horn look like if he were to emerge? Oh man! <laughs> well, the characteristics the characteristics of Antichrist are described describe his character, not mm. necessarily. So you would go to Daniel seven and take those seventy five different characteristics, and that will help draw a picture of him. Study it out. You know. There we go. Very good. What do you think, Jay? A master of disguise. Uh, Man of intrigue, a master of disguise, uh, deception. These yeah. things like this will help you to understand what he's going to act and be like. You know, yeah. but you know, look. If I had to draw a physical picture, uh, maybe like uh, Newsom. You know, handsome and <laughs> angel of light. Handsome. Uh, what do you think? Thanks, Doesn't can can handle his money. <laughs> Inside I, uh, joke, California just they just spend a hundred billion dollars that they had in excess and are now uh 30 billion in the hole in one year. Good old California. I, as far as as far as the Antichrist, I actually um you know I'm gonna go to another one. To me, it looked like somebody like Justin Trudeau, somebody who <laughs> will not accept any other opposition. That they have a vision, they have the truth, and they're going to make sure that no one else can say otherwise. I mean, what he did with the truckers is like the closest thing I can come to in in modern, as a modern example of complete totalitarianism, making the banks shut shut down funding to people that it's their money. But yet, yeah. using the government's emergency powers to do that. Yeah, absolutely. One more question. Uh, I guess it's, it's it's a good question. Has the church forgotten the younger generation? Uh, generations. Has the church forgotten the younger generations? Jay. I I think I think the church, in, in a sense, um, many of the church are both working. Both family members are working. And for the most part, they are going to go to church one day a week, but living out, 
praying daily, um, having fellowships, devotionals with your family. Those things aren't happening. Um, every Everyone has kind of gone. They have their own personal TV device in their hand. So there is no that there isn't an interaction with family and friends. So unless the church is reaching the next generation through social media, unfortunately, I'm going to name some some odious uh, platforms like TikTok and Twitter and Instagram, unless they're reaching them that way, which those kids are, to my knowledge, that generation is not looking for it. That yes, the church needs to figure out a way to to reengage, um, to to have programs that kids are interested in, um, have activities that can get them physically, you know, one on one with other people rather than devices. Mm, very true, uh, David. What do you think? Well, well, me, my generation that was born again in the seventies revival made disciples. And we were out evangelizing. We were trying to make, but the thing is, is that they quickly forgot and they were, the church quickly forgot making disciples and ended up just having converts. And soon by the, you know, 70s youth groups became entertainment groups going on out and going to the beach and things like this and, and going on fun outings. But discipleship was forgotten. And if the church doesn't make disciples, as Jacob always says, um, evangelization without discipleship equal nothing. And that's what's happened is people don't know how to to evangelize other people. They don't know how to tell them what they believe and then why they should believe it. And this is and so if you can't convince people or you're not following God's command to always be ready for an answer with the hope that lies within you, we're not passing that long. We're not we're not passing this wonderful hope, this blessed coming of our Lord and Savior along because people don't know how to do it, don't know how to they they don't they haven't memorized scripture. They haven't read books on apologetics. They haven't read books on evangelism. They haven't read, you know, a lot of stuff. Now it's like you said, my nephew is watching TikTok and asking me questions from TikTok about these guys that have crazy theologies you know and so the church itself is in great trouble because it's it itself the you would you look at big churches you look at them and they're just mon, word faith money preachers every i turn on tbn and it's deception after deception and after deception and this is worldwide when i went to kenya when I went to Tanzania, when I went to South Africa, you go into villages and the guy is sprouting T.D. Jake's theology. They memorize a sermon and it gets all mixed up when they get bring it out. It's nonsense. You know, this is all over the world. Now, that is not to say, and I want to say this in all sincerity, 
there are godly people out there doing their work, many of them in anonymity, and they are doing little pockets here and there. The God has not forgotten his people, and they are working. The problem is, is that the, the money that TBN sucks up and all these other ministries suck up from people that call themselves Christian is meaning that many of these people that are faithful are working in poverty. They're working in with few dollars and they're, they're not getting the money that could take the gospel out and could train other people to, to know what they believe and to take a message of hope. And so that has drained the church. And so. All right, let you have it. Very good. All right, all right. So we'll stop there with the questions because uh, we had so many questions, so many great answers. We're running out of time, so oh. we're going to play uh, one thing that we wanted to show today on backstage is uh, not this right here, not that plane, but we wanted to talk about something that is happening in the streets of the United States, and and it's a horrific condition, which is basically. A million, more than a million Americans are dead. It's the number one cause of death in between 18 and 45, which is fentanyl overdose. And uh, one of the hubs and one of the places where it's happening the most is in Philadelphia, Kensington Street. We actually know some believers that go and witness there in that area. I'm just going to play this video and we'll comment on it. Um, you know, sorry, just we ran late with the questions today. So we'll play this video, talk about it, and we'll sign off. I don't think there's any sound here, is there? There is sound. I can hear it. Oh, I can't. I'm sorry. We can't hear it, Marco. You're going to have to go to the options and share your sound. Um, I don't know how to do that because uh, let me see. Hold on. Uh, now you tell me. Huh? Yeah. Well, it is real terrible. We got a wonderful brother that uh, I think there were shots fired and a car barely missed him. So he's out there passing out Bibles, small pocket Bibles. That is really weird. I never had. I'm going to play this real quick. It, it, it can you hear this? Starts from. Yeah. I can hear that fine. Okay. I don't know why you can't hear the other one. I mean, there's nobody talking, if that's really the question. It's just ambient noise. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it looks worse than this, from what yeah, if, if my brother ever been, told me. Yeah, if you've ever been to L.A., I mean, L.A., it, it's very similar in some streets. It's uh, We'll talk about that in a minute, That how it's infiltrated here. But uh, definitely Kensington Street in Philadelphia is... It is a hub for may, many of these things. It's heartbreaking to see human beings uh, being destroyed. I was shocked how Sunset Strip looked. Yeah, self-inflicted in yeah. a lot of ways, self-inflicted. Um, yeah, this, this video's got about another minute, and then we'll be able to switch out. Uh, yeah, but we know some believers that go there and pass out Pray Bibles. Yeah. God protect them. 
Look at this girl's leg. It looks like it's broken and not, and not healed. Yeah, destroyed. Her knee is just out. That looks like a Holocaust survivor, you know? Yeah, just the bone structure of their legs. They don't eat. And this is rampant. This is not an isolated case. I mean, obviously, Kensington Street is a, a hub. A lot of things happen there. But it, like anything, you know, sin spreads. And it gets into other cities and other places. And The cops we'll, don't go we'll, there. The city doesn't no. go there. They no, allow they it. In these, and, and they're just allowing these people. Now, watch. This lady is going to get her purse stolen. And uh, this this just openly happens, you know. So doing her makeup and yeah, no. I mean, I was in L.A. and went down on Skid Row one time in downtown L.A., MacArthur Park. I was just shocked. More than a million Americans have died of a drug overdose since uh, since the year 2000. And fentanyl is the leading cause between 18 and 45. This is what the CDC confirms. So if you bear any any, any, uh, truth to the CDC, it may be higher. Uh, Basically... uh, we have already have an, uh, a society that is addicted to opioids. This is the aftermath of this. this is where it becomes, you know, a lucrative market of drug, drug trafficking from Arizona to California. Uh, but now a new, I would say a new drug is being introduced. Uh, it, it's been, it's been reported for a while, but it, it's, it's a skin rotten, uh, rotting drug commonly known as Trank, T-R-A-N-K-Q. And uh, but this is the, the the actual scientific name is xylazine, which is an animal tranquilizer being combined with fentanyl, not used for humans. It's very, very dangerous. It is 50 more powerful, 50 times more powerful than heroin, 100 times more powerful than morphine. And it is taken over the as the number one drug in Philadelphia and Kensington. It's cut with fentanyl and has a bigger hit, almost like a semi-conscious state that leaves you in some kind of a zombie state and um uh it basically leaves the upper body basically hanging and this and in your legs basically collapse and they move very slow and it's called a zombie drug for some for, for that reason but it, it does something more and uh, as as local police and detective has found like 39 different drug samples of xylazine it, it actually uh rots your skin and so this is one picture of a man who uh and, and edited it yeah his legs have been destroyed by this and uh basically turning to crust uh the dead tissue is dead and uh untreated will basically cause the loss of limbs so um former addicts even spoke to people about this you know because a lot of the the where it begins is at the point where they actually inject it's at the uh, at that point of the skin when they inject so here's some facts one person dies every five minutes from a drug overdose in the u.s Kensington has become a destination for addicts and dealers. So it's, it goes from there. Xylazine is induced skin, uh, causes induced skin ulcers that can lead to loss of limbs. Trank, which is this drug, can lead to people losing limbs, infections, and injection sites. And um, it's a constant push for policies that are not working. So Philadelphia has tried to you know, put some policies there, but they just don't work. And people that are there 
they just simply want to say, you know, they've been quoted, uh, to die is will make me happy. You know, this is a miserable life, so I'm just going to die, go to heaven, and uh, and that will make me happy. So uh, it is spreading to places like L- L.A., Los Angeles, Baltimore, Chicago. So this is unbelievable. I've never seen or I've seen some drugs like um, I forget what the drug that like a lizard drug. People skin turns croc, like lizard. I think but, they call it. Yeah. Croc, yeah. Okay. Uh, David, you take it from there. We got a few minutes. Um, has anything this is, heartbreaking seen heartbreaking than this? I mean, this is this is awful. This is yes, it's awful. This is a million people. This there were two million people killed, two million men killed in World War II, Americans. We have a million Americans. The China and the cartels are responsible. The borders being up. The Democratic Party is responsible for this killing of our youth and killing of American citizens. And it's it's just reprehensible. And how do these people have any conscience that this is done? That mm. how can they let this just keep going on? They they know this is going on, and yet they they look the other way. Yeah, this yeah, is somebody's brother. This is somebody's sister, mm. and there and God will repay in kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, you you work among homeless. You work in, in feeding homeless and sharing the gospel there. Uh, this must strike you as you know horrifying to see this. And 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 you know, if people think that they're safe in their own little you know suburban neighborhoods, it's coming to a city in a town near you. Yeah. It's, it's spreading rapidly like sin. Um, Jay, when you see this, what do you think? And, and you know, as David said, yeah, these the, the cities are culpable. The the, the political parties are culpable. Uh, but what can be done? All, all I can say is, you know, these people came from families. These people came from communities. These people came from, uh, hopefully, faiths and churches. And at every level, they've slipped through. Whether uh, whether people have not forgiven them because they've been so given over to their drug. And uh, unfortunately, the, the, the sad fact is that this is a money-making thing for cities because they have rehab clinics. And those clinics, they make profit by housing and by having them relapse and then come back. Mm. So this is, this is an industry. And this is, unfortunately, this is the byproduct of the medical industry. Uh, that wants to just pretend the homeless aren't there. You know, we, California, this is what California looks like. If you go to like Skid Row, if you go to Venice, this is what it looks like. And all, all the uh, attempts by the politicians have come up short because the, the real problem is it's not a problem of homelessness. It's a problem of spiritual death and decay mm. both yeah, in yeah. the church and on the street yeah in, the, in those tents and mm. i've said it before the first thing they ask when somebody comes and actually gives cares they ask what church are you from can i can can i go 
And that yeah. shows you that shows you the state of where they're at because they can't believe that somebody would come and find them. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And uh much work needs to be done. And um I, I remember the revivals in England. We talked about a revival earlier when John Wesley and Charles took the gospel with songs and hymns and they went to a, a society that was hooked on, on gin. It was it was a horrible, it was like this. And through the preaching of the gospel, uh, people began to be saved. And and, in those areas, those mining towns, which people basically all they did was work and get drunk at the pub and and their children were basically orphans. And and, and they were literally orphans after a few years. People died. And uh, it it was the drug of the day. And the church did something about that. It, It was two men who... Uh, you know, without the Church of England's approval, because they they couldn't preach unless the uh, Church of England approved of them, uh, they began to do it themselves and began the great Methodist movement in England. And uh, I pray that the Lord will give, you know, will give us an opportunity and 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 a, and a window of time to minister to people yes. that have been so destroyed by this. Uh, but it's hard. And 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 I want to finish off with two things that. Uh, um, go ahead, Jay. You got a point. Um, just wanted to say, because I, I, I read something that was in the chat. When I say that it's an industry, I'm not necessarily talking about those rehab hospitals or places. But after they get out of those homes, they they get out of those rehab facilities. There are people that buy housing and then they'll rent it out to four, four or yeah. five people and they'll buy yes. like seven homes and yeah. then they will make money from the state. And pays them for each person inside the house. Yep. So when I say that, please, if you worked in a rehab hospital, God bless you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking yeah. to the adventure capitalists that yeah. decide that they want to buy real estate property after real estate property to house people temporarily for six to eight months and make money off of them. And they'll get out of the business and then make a profit for out of selling the home that they paid for with taxpayers' money. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It almost sounds like the prison industry. You know, it, it, it's, yep. it's the state who hires the prison industry, the, the companies, they run the prison. It's for profit. And so, it, it, you know, if it's for profit, they're, 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 they're making money off people being in there. So it makes it easy for them to, two things. Even hospitals are filling up with, with people like people that are in trouble like this. And yeah. so hospital industries are, making money off this and i do not as my mother was a nurse i do i'm not putting down any nurse or any doctor that is trying to do well i'm just saying that our industries are upside down people's values are upside down because of the loss of god yeah absolutely now uh, just my final points there are people that say and they look at this and it says well these people deserved it because they 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 purposely went in there into those drugs. They knew the risk. They understood that this is what's going to happen to them. So society is better off without them because, look, who wants a junkie in a home? Who wants a junkie around? These people chose this life, so they... They need to stay there. They, they're reaping what they sow. What do you guys think about that? Uh, there's a lot of people that believe that. They, they see that and they they disdain them because they see them that look they're 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 thieves, they're drug addicts, they're immoral. immoral. They chose this life. Why do we need them in society? Jay, go ahead. Or do you want me to go? 
I got it. Um, well, most people in the United States are about two paychecks away from being on the street. And I've seen it a lot of people that are actually holding down jobs and living out of their cars in California. So I don't buy the, 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 uh, dialogue that says that these people deserve where they, they are at because wait till you are in that exact position before you start to judge them. I, I I can say if I was ever homeless, I don't I don't know how I could even survive considering how you'll find with most homeless, you'll have this little pile of stuff. And then every time you fall asleep, someone will come up and steal what little you have to sell it to buy drugs. So I can see the hopelessness that the the city and the nature of homelessness brings. And I don't think that regulating them as to, well, they deserve it. Well, does anybody really deserve to die on a street corner in the cold with nobody by their side? Is that how you want to die? Because that's what's going to, you know, that's what happened to a lot of these, these people. And they are, they are precious in God's sight as well. And God wants them to repent. God wants them to find him. And you know what? If they did, man, you're going to see a transformation like you wouldn't believe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For me, uh, this, yeah, David, is personal. this is personal. And I'm going to bring Jacob in here. It's personal for him, too, because somebody came. Jacob has often said, look, he was a cocaine addict. And I've often told people that I did and then abused heroin. But people came to us and gave us the gospel. So I didn't deserve it. Jacob, yeah. would tell you he didn't deserve it either. But somebody loved Jesus enough to care about a couple of junkies and give us the gospel. Amen. So we need to take the gospel to the world. Yeah. And, and to them, to the least of those who are lost yeah. and destroyed by Satan, you know, when I see people like that, I go, man, this this woman was created in God's image and likeness. God's desire for her was to be, you know, a mom, a wife, a, a loving person. And because of sin, sin has ravaged them and it's ravaged us too. Uh, but God had mercy on us, the least of these, and saved us, saved us through the blood of his cross. So uh, it, it's hard to see that because people, people do have a heart and heart toward that. They see that. And I understand to a certain degree. Uh, look, sin begets sin. There's a lot of immorality in these camps, a lot of drug abuse, a lot of willful. Yeah. But, but you got to think Satan has blinded their eyes to such degree that they, they can't choose anything but sin. And yeah. so were some of you, Paul says, but you've been washed and you've been cleansed by the blood of Christ and by in renewal of the Holy Spirit. So uh, may the Lord send us there. And it may be difficult for some people to go, but you can pray for those who go. And we pray right. for Jay and people like like him who take the gospel to the most difficult places. People in our church, you know, Anthony and Chris and those guys, you know, they're they're real because they take it to people that are undeserving. Yes, true, uh, absolutely. But such, we're all undeserving, Marco. We're such were some of us, um, yeah. and so I'll leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much for watching, David. You get the final thought today. Close us out. 
book. Just time is short. Prepare yourself to be ready with an answer for the hope that lies within you and ask God to pour his love into your life so that you can give that love away because this world needs true love, not the love, 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 love that the media portrays, but God's true love. And so go out and give out the gospel and your life will be changed. Go out and give out the gospel. You can, you God willing, you'll see other lives changed. Amen. Amen. And if you need some help in, in witnessing and sharing the gospel, you need tracks, get a hold of Moriel, get a hold of our church, ccodtruth.org, uh, and we'll send you some. We'll send you some, and uh, and hopefully, uh, if you live nearby, maybe you can come over and, uh, and, and get some training, or we'll go over your area and help share the gospel there in those areas. Uh, it's, it's, as David said, time is short. But the gospel is good news, still good news. So God bless you guys. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, David. Thank you, Davey from Australia, helping us out. Those who are watching and those who will watch later, may the Lord bless you, richly bless you, strengthen you this day, and give you the courage and the wisdom and the boldness to live for Christ and and preach his good news. Make disciples. Keep preaching Jesus. He's coming soon. God bless you guys.